Now, I fully understand that there are some medical situations where you can't have a bath every day, but promise you that is not the norm. (laughs) Right. No, it's just staffing, right? It's just, they just don't have the time or, or they don't want to bother. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week, my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Do you love helping others? On today's episode of Women Creating Wealth, you'll meet Marcia Miller. Marcia has leveraged her big heart into a big bank account. She'll be able to retire in less than 10 years, and she loves, loves, loves what she's doing. Marcia, thanks so much for being with us today. And, and Chris, let me just say, it's such an honor to, to, to just be here. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like you, we wake up one day and we go, uh, oh my gosh, we're not ready for retirement yet. What are we going to do? Today, I'm 64. You are? Oh my, Marsha, if you're not watching the video, Marsha looks like she's about 25. She's like, she does not have a single wrinkle on her entire face. (laughs) (laughs) Jamaican genes in me from, I am from the Caribbean. Um, But yeah, I, you know, you get up one day and you realize, hmm, what am I going to do? And am I prepared for retirement? And so the hope of this um, signature course that I created is to kind of empower um, other women that are interested at this stage of the game. What can I do? How can I make more money? And for many of us, we are caregivers of our parents. Yeah. And we don't have the time or energy or the finances to be able to hire someone 24-7. So we find ourselves in the trenches a lot. So I just thought, why not figure out a way to do it where you're actually making money as well? Awesome. So that's that's the that's the genesis. What did you do before? I mean, what's your history? How did you get into this? Sure. So my background actually is not healthcare, believe it or not. Um, it's more business development and marketing, right? Which is um, why you made this a business instead of just a, a big a giant hurt, you know, burden. That's <laughs> just how I'm wired. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, as I said, I'm from the Caribbean and came to the United States back in 75 and just kind of got in, got to school, did everything I needed to do. I'm um, got in corporate America and I spent the most I would say 20 years going from being a real estate broker to a mortgage lender to a financial literacy counselor. And then I got the call from my auntie and that changed the trajectory of my life because in that moment in her eighties, she was starting to lose a little bit of her cognitive function was not making wise choices. Um, but to her credit, she agreed to come to live with me in Florida. And Is she already she in the States? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she actually she was the first one in our family to migrate um, as a nurse. And she worked as a nurse for some 30 some odd years in all phases of the hospital. Um, so when it got to the place where I had to place her, and then I saw what was happening in our healthcare facilities. And mind you, we're in crisis. Yeah. Okay. If you don't know it, let me be the first to tell you we're in crisis. Um, and I didn't like what was available for her. So I started looking at the different models of care and I loved the whole notion of the residential setting. And so as a result, I found out what I needed to do to be licensed. Um, By this time I had placed her in a community because I was working in the middle of grad school, couldn't do it all when she started declining. 
And um, so long story short, um, I found out what I needed to do to get licensed. That was back in 2014. I sprung her. (laughs) (laughs) I set her free. I snuck in in the night. (laughs) And I brought her home, got her some friends and just quit my job and never looked back. And so, yeah, 95 security was gone. But in that moment, I was truly free. Yeah. Because now I could set the rates that I wanted as I knew I was going to provide excellent care. Um, But I asked for what I want, honey, and I don't blink. Wow. I don't blink. Yeah. Oh, man. So the first thing I think of, Okay. Cause my mom is in a senior housing, but it's a big place, like a hundred beds yeah. and you know, she has her own apartment, but the thing she says, these people, she says, these people, you know, they're so negative. They're so grouchy. They're, you know, blah, 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 blah. They just want to talk about their ailments. You know, like how do you put together a community, especially a nice, small, intimate community like that, where everybody's going to kind of get along? Um, well, first thing, everybody's not always going to get along. So <laughs> let's keep it real. Um, in the eight years that I've been doing this, um, yes, I'm better at assessments now, but in the beginning, you're not sure. And so you end up some, some women, if they're crabby and they're a pill when they're young, they're just going to be a bigger pill. That's it. Yes. Ask me how I know my Aunt Dorothy was that way. Oh no. <laughs> so you're starting right off with that. <laughs> and I'll say this because sometimes it's hard to care for your own because you don't get any respect. They remember you as a little kid, particularly in her case, she was a nurse and she knew I wasn't a nurse. So what are you doing? Um, so you never really get the level of respect, but you still power through it because that's your family, right? So no, they all don't get along. Sad to say, um, but you do get better at assessing and finding those that are sort of non-combative. Um, and if it gets really where they start being um, um, a danger, then you have to give them 45 days notice after discussing with the family. So there are ways to navigate that. Now I have a group that are, mwah, and they all get along. Nice. And it's nice. a wonderful thing to provide that kind of care. So are you living in this home? This particular one I am. The other one that I'm getting ready to open in about maybe number 60 days, I will not. So this is called an adult family care home in the state of Florida. That one is an assisted living. This one, the owner must live here. That one you do not. Okay. And, and then, so what level of people? You know what I mean? Are they just older and they, or they, are they actually have needs that, you know, they need to. Great have question. Everybody has needs, or they call them ADLs. They need assistance with daily living. But they also, for me, I like the dementia market. That is my gift. My auntie had it. I struggled through with it. So that is where my expertise lies. Um, But there are some communities that only want to do veterans. Mm -hmm. So when I'm thinking of your audience and you're thinking, this is a space you want to go in, my goodness, the world is your oyster. If you, I have a female-only community. Some only have a male community. Some only have veterans. Some only do with mental health. So we can all, it's a standard license. So we can all do pretty much that kind of ideal client as long as their needs do not exceed our license capacity. If they become bed-bound, if they mean medication management constantly, then you need a higher level of skilled environment. So tell me now you, you, you're, you're not a nurse. So tell me 
what, what about the licensing and stuff? What does that entail? What are they, is there training and stuff involved in that piece? Sure. Now that's also a great question because sometimes people are intimidating thinking, Oh my gosh, I've never done this. Or, you know, my business background is business development and marketing. Zero nurse experience. <laughs> <laughs> I cared for auntie for about seven years before I started this. So experience as a caregiver. Yes. Um, but no, you don't have to be a nurse, but you, um, you get, in my case, you have to take a 12 hour class and then you get your documents and you prepare for open, um, in the ALF, it's a 26 hour class here and you have to sit the state exam. So it just depends which direction you want to go. It's really just that part is the leader not is easy. You either pass the test or you don't (laughs) really, that's the easy part. The harder part is navigating the short, the, the short, what I call the soft skills, because the soft skills make or break your business. And that's one of the reasons I came up with my curriculum, because it deals with the humanity of it, um, how to talk to people, yeah. how to connect with your peers, how to stay engaged with your community, how to market your business. And marketing does not mean sticking a flower in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It does not mean just handing me a business card and go. It's all about building those relationships. And so those are the things I cover in the soft skills, um, business plan development. Well, if you're going to go in business, you need to write a plan, you know, get it all out of your head, put it on paper. So those are the things I cover. So on a daily basis, Marsha, tell me like, what's an average day for you? Sure. So let's use today. We get up at seven in the morning, um, and that's if I've, I live here, and I'm the night staff. Uh, my staff is here. She comes at seven. She leaves at three. I'm on duty from three until the next day. So everybody pretty much gets up around the same time, between seven and eight, and everybody gets a shower every day. Let me stick a pen right there. In the healthcare system that we have now, that's not given. You get it back twice a week, three, if you're lucky. That's real talk. So that's one of the reasons I also started my, because my auntie was a nurse. Y'all was kind of bad. What is this? You don't bathe the people. That is why when you go into the nursing home, it reeks. Yeah. You know, now I fully understand that there are some medical situations where you can't have a bath every day, but promise you that is not the norm. (laughs) No, it's just staffing, right? It's just, they just don't have the time or or they don't want to bother. It's staffing. You know, we went through this with my dad. And, you know, if my mother didn't come every day, they might not get him out of bed. Never mind, give him a shower. Exactly. You know, and my mom's like, why is he in bed? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, oh, sorry, we'll get him up or whatever, you know. She had to really micromanage them. And that's not, you know. Yeah. And you're paying a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Crimsy. I said, you can stay at the Hilton for God's sake. (laughs) At least they're going to change your bed, you know. (laughs) I mean, we laugh about it, but it's so real. Yeah. So anyway, seven o'clock, we get up. Breakfast is on the table between 8.30 and 9. And then they, they love their coffee and their TV time. They love Golden Girls, and that's kind of their thing. And then, of course, it gives staff the time to do the chores. And so she run through it. It's only four clients that I have. Um, she makes sure the beds are done, bathrooms clean, laundry started. By 11 o'clock, which is snack time, um, that's when the activity time is. And so whatever activity they want to do, sometimes they just want to sit on the back patio um, and gab away. Um, and so they have their snack while they do that, you know. So for these, I've had them for so long, 
in the beginning we did a lot, but now I notice that they kind of, so they're just whatever, you know, and it's really what you want is not what I think. Yeah. You know, so we try to tailor it that way. And then let's see, that's 11 o'clock. And then lunchtime is around 12, 1230. And then after that, there's more little TV time. Um, some take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and then around three o'clock again is another snack time, another activity time. Lunch, supper is at 4, 430. And uh, because various taking medications, by 6, 630 in my facility, everybody's down for the night. Yeah. Seven o'clock, where they're all asleep. Um, Fridays is generally my day with them. And so we call it Friday Fun Day. And so I take my serenity pearls and we're hitting the road. Pre-pandemic, it was madness. We went everywhere all the time, you know, from the beach to the butterfly garden, to the pool, to just you name it, we did it. Yeah. Now with the pandemic in the last two years, this has been the hardest. Yeah. So we've had to find ways to engage because people couldn't come. I No, people could come. I wasn't allowing anybody in. Yeah. And to that end, I had great families who supported my decision. And yeah, you could come and look at them through the window, but you can't come inside. Yeah. And because of that, we've had zero cases of COVID in my facility. Yeah. I, we worked hard at it, but we had great families to help us. Yeah. Nobody was fighting, you know? Right. So yeah. now that they have the test kits, they're able to come twice a month. So like this Saturday, um, we have COVID testing day. And so everybody comes who wants to visit their loved ones. We get tested in the facility. Every single time someone starts a shift, they get tested. And every other week when the lab comes in, everybody gets tested. Families, you're negative, come on in. You're positive, you're not coming here. Yeah. And so far, no one has shown up positive. Fantastic. So that's kind of what it's like in the day. Wow. Interesting. So when you're, are you still, are you having someone come in and cook the meals and stuff like that? Believe it or not, that's the one thing I enjoy doing. And so I still do the cooking. Yeah. I make a big thing about it. Sunday dinners are a thing. Um, it is themed and it's like this year, last year we did the different countries. So we would find foods of different countries or music or costumes. This year we do in America. And so we're going through the States. So Sunday, we were in Idaho, and <laughs> I did, I did um, Pinterest, by the way, is, um, I, needed, I truly need intervention, because <laughs> that's where you know my ideas. <laughs> so I made a twice-baked loaded potato casserole with bacon on it. Um, there's something called huckleberry that I'd never heard of. So we made huckleberry no-churn ice cream, and I get those that can involved. Yeah, And so we take pictures and put it on Facebook and we have a big to-do about it. Um, the week before we were in Hawaii and I did a luau thing. So we had grass skirts on and we did like a sweet and sour thing. And it was, it was. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come and live with you, Marsha. <laughs> all my friends want to come over here. Like, Look, dude. I'll be 80 like you. We're going to be sitting next to each other in a rocking chair. <laughs> Same age. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what it's like for me. And I do the cooking still. Beautiful. So, Marcia, do you have, do you know whether like this licensing, so is that a Florida thing? Do you know if other States allow people to do the same sort of thing you're doing? Yeah. And everybody has to be licensed Yeah, depending on 
how many residents. So I say that caveat because here in the state of Florida, um, if you're so inclined, you can take on two seniors and care for them without a license. So it's just a matter. Let's say you have a really active synagogue or church community, or you know, and they trust you, and they realize you want to do this, and they're willing to let. And great, you can do that. It doesn't require a license here. Other states, you have to find out what their requirements are. Yeah, but yeah. three and above, you have to be licensed. Now, the sad part about that is, you just don't know if someone is unlicensed. You know, there's no control, there's no oversight, and you yeah. really just nobody's state here you know, they're in your face all the time and they come every two years to do their biannual surveys. And so their requirements, you know, it's a little different, but that's good. I mean, if you're looking at placing somebody, exactly. exactly. So let me ask you from the other perspective, like if you were, uh, if you were, if someone was trying to find you, uh-huh. right. If someone was trying to find a facility like yours, that's just uh-huh. a residential, you know, a home where people are going to get really beautiful care. How do you do that? Because I think the default is just nursing home or whatever, you know. Right. That's an excellent question. And we had a real talk about that. But I came across that because I didn't know where to look. And I didn't know all the options. And because of that, in 2015, a year after I got licensed, is when I'm having this conversation with a massive healthcare um, hospice company called Vitas. And they come out and you've heard of them, maybe Vitas Hospice. No, okay. I've heard of hospice, you know, but I don't know. Um, I think we have a company, company up here. Yeah. Okay. So Vitas is a national company. And so they would always come out marketing and say, Hey, this is us. This is what we do. And I said to the young lady, my goodness, I don't know anybody in the industry. I'm new. And she says, well, if you can get them all together, I'll buy lunch. And I thought, is that right? <laughs> You don't have to tell me twice. Right? <laughs> singing my tune. Let's go. <laughs> Free lunch. So I got on the internet where I know we're all listed. And I called and I said, hi, this is Marcia. I'm new to the industry. Someone's offering to buy lunch for us. I'd love to meet you. Would you be interested in coming? Fast forward. The first meeting, we had 10 people to show up. I was excited because now I had friends in the industry that I'd never met. And so we had such a great time. And the next month, this lady calls me back and goes, Ooh, so where are we meeting this month? <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's buying us lunch this month. <laughs> We're meeting? Because I, I was happy, mind you. But what that did was it planted a seed in my heart. And so as we, we had a meeting and we continued to have meetings, and then I said to the members, there were a few like three or four of us that were always, yes, this is great. Let's do this. I said, well, we need to formalize an organization. I said, my master's is in marketing, but my, my bachelor's is in marketing, but my master's is in nonprofit management and leadership. Let's create a nonprofit advocacy group so people can find us. Yes. And I don't know if it, it was madness, but we all did it. And we created the Residential Home Care Network which is the nonprofit advocacy group for the private home community. That's it. So when you go to our website, you will see video tours of all the facilities that are members. And these are only residential, 16 beds and under. Okay. And so that was born in 2015. To you, you're a firecracker. I, really? I, <laughs> this was a team effort, right? This was a team effort. We had... 
one lady in another county going, I love it, let's do this here. I said, well, that's going to be your chapter. And so Osceola chapter was born. I still manage Orange Seminole. Lake County chapter was born. And these and they're mostly women. Yeah, that and makes sense were, because women live longer. <laughs> <laughs> and also. Yeah, yeah. Which is more, more, more that likely way to care space. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, the Residential Home Care Network is the non- nonprofit advocacy group for the private home communities here in Florida. And so we're hoping to continue to build it out until we have every single one on this website. So when you want to find us, you will have one place to go. Oh, wow. That's fantastic ambition and so helpful, right? I mean, so helpful because I needed it and I didn't. Yes, there is a state website where everybody, but you have to figure it out. And so what we did was we reached out to the members and we said, hey, if you want to become a member of the network, just pay us. And what we'll do is continue to be sort of that marketing arm for you. And so when you go on there, you see their video tours and you have contact information for the owners directly. Yeah. How cool is that? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm very impressed with you. I really, I'm, I'm really Thank excited you. that we connected. <laughs> Thank you. So now is this all private pay or is there any opportunity for any kind of like state or, you know, could, sure. could Medicare pay any of this or whatever? Great question. So Medicare does not pay for that. So that does get that off the table. Medicare covers your hospitals. Oh, sorry. I don't, I'm not, right. I'm not there yet. So whatever. Exactly. <laughs> whatever okay. covers it. Yeah. Medicare, can, you know, they take care of your hospitals and that sort of thing. Uh, Medicaid, if you qualify, um, we're able to bill uh, long-term care companies to help support your care. But depending on the type of facility that you're in, um, will also depend on how much money that will defray the cost. So let me use a real example. In the adult family care home space where I have in Florida, our reimbursement rate from Medicaid is $12.25 a day. <laughs> Let me just pause right there. going to cut it. That's not even buying the luau. <laughs> okay. That's, that's their answer, $12.25 per day. Um, well, that's 300 and some dollars a month. So when I first started, the facility rates for a shared room was about 2,500 a month. My auntie, and I'll use her as an example, she had $1,500 from social security. She had nothing. She had no assets. She didn't have a whole bunch of money. All she had was her social security check. So that brings us to where you're talking about, are we retired and do we have enough money to cover the cost of care? No, we do not. And social security is not a strategy as we found out with her. And so in placing her in that community, their rates were 2,500 back then. Um, That's all she had, but she qualified for Medicaid. And I got her on the program. It took about eight minutes to get her name released. Um, But what happened was they took her little 1,500 and they waited to get that extra $1,000. And when it was time and her name got released, they were able to back bill. And so they were able to build for the difference I for see. her cost of care. Okay. So that's how that works. In my community, uh, it's only $12, so that's not a lot. But in their community, they can get up to $1,400, depending on which Medicaid provided their credentials with. 
Some pay 1100 some pay 14 It's whatever they negotiate. Assisted living facilities get more than adult family care homes. Okay, so when you open your new one, I will be able to credential with the different entities and be able to get, I can take on the lower income client because I can now build the state for the, the difference if I so desire. Right. Um, personally, I would prefer not to go that route simply because sometimes you end up waiting on your money from the government. And that's not a good place to be. Right. The business has to cash flow because you have, you have to pay salaries. Right. You cannot sit around waiting for you to get it right. Right. You know, um, I found with private pay, families are very, um, they're very appreciative of what you're trying to do for their loved ones. And so they don't have a problem paying you as long as they know they're getting the care that you say you're going to provide. Right. Right. You know, so I'm not a big fan of government in, in involvement. I would just not soon not, you know, not be bothered. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know it's a nightmare. That's my sister yeah. used to do, you know, for hospitals is helping with the Medicare billing. She was just like, <laughs> they're nuts. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan. Um, yeah. But again, it's there. And if it can help, you know, defray the cost, um, because we, you know, they talk about the silver tsunami, right? Um, we see that coming. And our um, mom and dad had a better, um, they're prepared better because many of them had pensions to supplement the social security, you know, whatever savings. Our generation, the boomers, not so much because there is no pension, period. And if anybody's like me, when I started my business, I took every penny out of the 401k because I used it to start my business. Right. So we're out here, just me and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're in good company. That's a great way to be. But I'm just saying that's, that's just real talk, right? Yeah. yeah, there is no cushion. There is no net. So now I'm really intentional about building for when I get ready. And I gave myself 10 years to be in this business. And then I want to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Yeah. I'm eight years in. I got two more years. Good for you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, man. So now you said when your aunt was going in there... Can you give us an idea like the rates now that you're? Oh yeah, I mean I just use mine. I can be very transparent. My shared is three thousand, yeah. and my private is four. Okay, so you have some and rooms where you've got two residents in the same room. Correct. Okay. I have two private right now and one shared, and I ratcheted down only because I'm licensed for five. Right. Um, but because of staffing, it's just not. It's yeah. I, I just we're in that space for the last two years where yeah you know. So, and I'm not investing in that because my car is paid off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Getting another car payment, people. So, yeah. Awesome. We want to get into retire, retirement debt-free. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the only thing I really invested in was this house and we closed on that last year. And so it is what it is. Yeah. But outside of that, no, I don't want, I don't want to keep it in debt. So if you're, so for a person who is, you know, and I'm, I'm envisioning a specific person, not like someone I know, but like a, like a, what do they call it? A, um, a straw person or whatever, like a, right, a right. person, Those an individual, a, a, um, an avatar. That's the word I want. Ah. An avatar of a person who is a, a woman who is newly single, or maybe, you know, didn't plan to be single at this point in life. Maybe her husband's passed. Maybe she's divorced. Her kids are now at school and she's got this house. And she's like, okay, I've got, you know, three empty bedrooms and I'm a little lonely. I really could use 
some more cash flow here. How would they go about getting started, you know, in this type of, of, of a career? Okay. So that's where my signature curse course comes in. And quite frankly, I'm the only one that has this. Most of the courses will teach you um, how to prepare for the class, whatever it's a 26 hour oh, class. All, right, all yeah. of that is regulatory. And like I said, the regulatory part, you're going to have to do that. But none of the regulatory classes, and I've done both of them, talk to you in detail about creating a business plan. And I cannot stress that enough. If that is an idea that you're thinking about, my signature course, I call it Spill the Beans because I like literally tell you everything you want to know. I just feel <laughs> my guts. <laughs> but it's a video training that kind of walks you through everything from your why. Why do you want to do this? And if money is your only reason, this may not be the industry, simply because you're dealing with human beings. And when somebody vomits on you, cusses you out, attempts to hit you, that, that love will, yeah, it'll be gone in no time. Right. So we really talk about your why at the very beginning. Um, and then we go into you're developing your business plan. That will take you some time yeah. because now you have to be intentional about doing research. And the more research you do, you're going to realize this unless you know. <laughs> and that's good because you're open to learning. That's what happened to me. I reached out to my local entrepreneur center and I shared that in my training um, to, to get paired with a mentor, someone with some business savvy. Um, for example, I find there are a lot of nurses. They're nurses, right? And they have a little extra cash. So they go, they take the class, they open the business and it sits there empty. Why? Because they have no idea how to do business. Right. They know how to be a nurse. But they don't know how to do business. Marketing. So I would say anybody that's interested in this, that's where my course comes in. It's a great starting point. And it really doesn't matter what stage you're in because soft skills development is soft skills. You got to have a business plan, whether you're in Atlanta, um, Idaho, or Florida. Right. It is what it is. Right. You know? Yeah. So what's your why? My Aunt Dorothy was my why. Yeah. She was my why. Yeah. I wanted better for her than I experienced with her in the facility that she was in. It was a little over hundred beds. They did the best they could with the staffing they had. Yeah. But she was, she was a nurse for all those years. She was the other side of that equation. And to get to the place where she was now in this, where she needed help. And it just wasn't being offered the way I like. Yeah. Not that they weren't doing it, but not the way I would have liked. Right. Like I said, on Fridays was our day, and I would go visit her on a Friday. I gave them lots of products, lotions, perfumes, jewelry, pretty clothes. So my expectation is you try to make them look like they normally would feel. Right. Whether they're present or not. Yeah. And I would go and pull her sock down, and it was dust bunny. Yeah. Which meant that you haven't lotioned her all week. Yeah. So that ate to me. Yeah. So that was my why. Yeah. Providing care. And yeah. so now I get to do that. So I got to keep her for another three years before she passed and went to glory. I still have two of her original friends. But mm -hmm. we've had over the years families to entrust us with their loved ones until it's their time to go. Yeah. So, yeah, Beautiful. that was my why. So, so are you administering meds and that kind of thing or people do it themselves? Um, 
it's called self-administration. So I'm not a nurse, so I'm not allowed to say, put a pill in your mouth. That's a nursing activity. But we help them to self-administer. So we're all trained. We have a certification for it, which means that the meds are kept in a central location. When it's med time, I bring it, I read it, and then I hand it to them. And I watch them take it. So they self-administer. And of course, if it gets to the place where they can no longer do it and we get orders to crush, we can. But once again, you're giving it to them in some ensure they self-administer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is something you could do for a family member, right? I mean, it sounds like a lot of things you're allowed to do or things you could do if if a family member were staying with you. You guys have carte blanche. Because when I was a family member, if my auntie had a cold, I could just go up by her somewhere with us. Yeah. I cannot do that in a facility. Right. Can't. I'm not a nurse. Right. Everything has to come through channels. So that makes it a little different. Even though my common sense says they just need cough medicine. <laughs> you just don't get to make that judgment call. Right, right. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. but as a family, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the person who does your day your day the day job, is that person a nurse? Or do you have any nurses on staff at all? No, never did. And I prefer not to because I I don't want them coming with the mindset of how they were trained as a nurse. Pushing papers is not a part of this facility. Spending time, I tell them any day, housework will always get done. If I come in this facility and I see you sitting there with your feet up and y'all laughing at Lucy, my heart is happy. Because you're doing what the most important thing is. You're spending time with them and engaging with them. Yeah. For me, that is number one. If you've been trained as a nurse, it's all the time. Go, 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 go. You got No, yeah. no, it'll get done. I promise you the work will get done because right. they do have their quiet time and you get stuff done. But paying attention to them is the most important. So my weekday lady, she doesn't have any certifications, but she has had experience working as a caregiver. Um, my weekend lady is a CNA. She's been with me now. This will be four years every single weekend. And she has a full-time job. Okay. <laughs> so it's a labor of love for her. Clone her. Oh my gosh. I have to ask her. So you sure you don't want to start a facility? I will tell you everything. I'll give you mine. So I can move on to other projects. She's that good. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, that's so, so good. So you treat them well and they are your biggest assets. I mean, Richard Branson says it, you know, treat your employees well and they'll take care of your customers. Right. Exactly. It has to yeah. flow. It has to start with the employees. Yeah. They have to be happy if they're, if your customers are going to be happy for sure. Yeah. Well, obviously take good care of them. I do. <laughs> I do. They're like my little babies. They tell me because I didn't have no kids. I just love my little dollies. <laughs> <laughs> but <Okay>. I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but such a difference, right? Such a difference where one person is able to engage with them who, I mean, just, just hearing about your, you know, the Sunday luau and the days, you know, Fridays off in the bus or whatever, in the car to, to go off and do things. Yeah. I mean, that that's just such a completely different standard of care than most people are getting in some type of assisted living. Correct. I would love to see more of these. Yeah. I would love to. So that's why I'm out here talking it up, training anybody that is serious about providing care. I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to tell you everything you need to know, yeah. hold your hands, introduce you to others. Whereas I didn't get that, right. but I really believe this is a standard of care that needs to be embraced more. Because right. if you ask anybody that's a senior, they desire a 
classic example, one of my ladies that was here, she's since gone on. And I remember when I assessed her and she was in a facility, um, rehab facility. And she says, Marcia, I don't want to live in the long building with the old people. <laughs> that said it all. Yeah. You immediately got the vision of what she, and she was in her early 80s. She didn't think herself as old. She wanted to be with the old people. <laughs> <laughs> but old is a mindset, right? I mean, you can find old 40-year-olds. Okay. So, yeah, that's not what their hearts desire. So if I can do, in my short time here on earth, anything to help change that whole perception of, you know, you must be in an institution. Yes, there's a place for it. Because it sometimes becomes medically necessary. Absolutely. And half the people that are there, they yeah. don't need to be. They don't need to be, right. You know, yeah. but there is no place out here. And the ones that are out here, if we had, like you say, I'm not a fan of big government, but if you have more support, instead of $12 a day and I had more support, I could do more. Right, exactly. I could do more because I have to pay staff. You have to not do it yourself to alleviate burnout. Right, exactly. You've got to have some time for yourself every day. You do, yeah. 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 Although it sounds like most of your me, most of your you time is spent cooking. <laughs> you know what? Not really, because I have a menu, and like on Saturdays, I may do two or three things. Done. Yeah, yeah. So you just manage your time, or when they're going to bed, prepare whatever. Done, because I still have to get the administrative side done. I'm still running the network. I still got the training company doing podcasts like this. So you manage your time. Yeah, you know, yeah. you learn to manage. Yeah. So what, what is the biggest, what are some big mistakes that you see people making trying to get into this business? I mean, you mentioned like doing it for money. That's a big mistake. Yeah. I'm not providing care. Um, I mean, I'll just use a clear story that I heard from an advocate once that just made you cringe. Um, She went to look for her client and discovered that they'd been left alone for for some time. Um, And the the lady was feeling that military ration. There's just got to be some kind of, I I don't know what that is that makes you think that that's okay. So she had to take her client out and reported it and all this stuff. But that's just crazy, right? Yeah. Military rations? I know. That's horrific. And it wasn't an emergency? Yeah. So if you you want to do this business, this is one of the things that I see. Not providing great care, going into it um, for money. The biggest thing I also see is just sitting back and thinking it'll come. You start your business and you just, but it's beautiful, but nobody's coming. Yeah. And when they do come, you're nasty. You know, you don't smile. You're just an attitude person. You're not going to be successful. Yeah. You're just not. In this industry, it, as big as it is here in Florida, it is very small because we see each other all the time. Yeah. We communicate. And of course, now that I have the network, I am communicating with everybody yeah. all the time, yeah. sharing best practices, sharing customers. Share. We even got to the place that if you're short staff, my lady says she needs to pick up some hours. We can Wow. Yeah. Perfect. Each other, you know? So those are the things that I see. What kind of person or personality do you think is a good fit to do this type of thing? Patience. (laughs) Honestly, you you could be bubbly. You could be not bubbly. You could be all of these things because, and we're all so different in how we approach it. 
But the one thing we all have in common is patience. Because the reality is not every day is what you see on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) We just put our best self on Facebook. (laughs) It's not, you know, um, you know, there are some residents that are bullies and not bullies to the place where you have to um, um, discharge them, but they're just, they have an ugly day. Or they have an ugly disposition. And, you know, they may go to another one and make ugly comments. And I'll just use my auntie's stories because she had so many living in the big facility. (laughs) Um, But I remember she was, and she's African, obviously she's African-American like I am. And she was having lunch with an older white lady. Now remember, this age group grew up where racism was just like, I think it was the norm and not right, to say it's right. not the norm now, because it certainly is, yeah. but it, it was it's more, more open to more overt. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to say it, it was more yeah. overt, right? Yeah. And so when I came to pick her up and she's telling me the story, yeah, we were having lunch and, blah, 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 blah. and then the lady looked at her and called her the N word. And she was like, yeah. And what we going to do now? <laughs> what did you say? You think that's something she saw on TV that she thought that was okay? Like No, she's 80s. That's what they do. That's that's how they talk to each other from where she's coming from. I thought she was rapping. (laughs) (laughs) I said to my auntie, because I didn't know what she responded to that. And I said, Well, what did you say? She said, Well, I looked at her saying, I don't know why trash were we doing. (laughs) (laughs) I said, Okay. There you have it. There you have it. She navigated that. I didn't need to intervene. (laughs) Everything took care of itself. Move right along. (laughs) Um, But I say all that to say, what are you going to do when you have a situation like that? What are you going to do when that resident who is white from 1940s, 50s, looks at you, the black lady, and wants to call you the N-word? That's real talk because that is what happens in the industry. Yeah. It is. So if you're not patient and you don't know how to navigate that, uh, sometimes it's a subtle ways. I had one lady who wanted to consistently call my staff that girl. And so we had to have a conversation about you don't call my staff. Here in my community, it's Miss So-and-so and Miss So-and-so. Yeah. So I call her Miss, whatever, let's say call her Miss Miss Mary. Miss Mary. And she says, Miss Marcy or Miss So-and-so. I said, I call you Miss Mary because I respect you. You're 87. You deserve that. I want you to call my staff, Miss Mary or Miss So-and-so, because they deserve respect as well. And then she was like, well, she's a girl. I said, no, no. She's a grown woman with grandkids. She's not a girl. And you know better. Yeah. And so that's how we, if you don't know how to navigate yeah. all that and yeah. not take it personally and not, you're not going to live in this industry long. Right. Right. Makes sense. So that's kind of what you're looking at. (laughs) So first of all, I want to say, I have realized during the course of our conversation that I've been mispronouncing your first name and I want to apologize for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my dear. Most people, most Americans say Marsha, but I'm from the Caribbean and say Marcia. And I should have asked. I usually ask and I should have asked and I apologize for that. I don't get bent out of shape again. It is what it is. Exactly. We just it did it out of yeah. ignorance and yeah, we just keep moving on. Is moving it the on. End of the world? No. <laughs> no. At some point you'll like you figure it out. 
and you move on. Exactly. So Marcia, what do you wish I would have asked you that I didn't ask you? What is it that you want to, that you've been like burning up to share and that I just have not like thought to ask that question? Ooh. Um, oh, retirement. Okay. How do we prepare for retirement if we're behind the eight ball? I'm behind the eight ball. I think if you're 50s and 60s and you haven't started um, planning or doing, or you just like you say, I don't, mm. <laughs> I think it's okay to start now. Yeah. It's never too late to start. I got my master's in my 50s. Good for you. It's never too, it's never too late to start. Yeah. But don't think, oh, I'm too old or I'm too, no, Mm-mm. start where you are. Yeah. Colonel Sanders did it at 60 something, right? That's right. Exactly. Oh, hello. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said about the wisdom that we've gained over the years and just start and just do what makes you feel fulfilled. Yes. What you feel is your purpose. Do that thing. Everything else will fall into place. And that is, I think is the secret to long life, right? Is that purpose. Like if you are just keeping going with something that gets you out of bed every day, then you, you, age doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't, when, the, when the money will come and if it doesn't come, it'll come later. As long as you're fulfilling that, I'm not there yet. Right. I haven't gone to that thing where I have like tons of money in the bag or what have you, but I'm open to learning new things along the journey so that I would get to that place. And <laughs> some of it will be monetized. Some of it may not be monetized, yeah. but I'm the better for the education and the experience. Well, and, and that drive, right? That, that, like that excitement that, you know, something that's yeah. going to like, Oh, I've got to get up and, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, that you're excited about doing something because it's like usefulness, right. Is the, is the killer. Usefulness yeah. is what, you know, makes people depressed and they, you know, they age, you know, in uh, quickly, I think. And, and that's why a lot of them did not survive pandemic being locked down in the larger facilities yeah. because they were being now forced to be locked in their rooms for their own safety. And we all get it because they were trying to not have it spread. But here in the private homes, we didn't lock them down. Right. You didn't have to. Muscle them. I didn't have to. We wore the mask. We continue to wear the mask when providing direct care. But we let them be free in their home. Right. And then be free. And it's hard to do that in the large community. Well, it's impossible, really, right? You can't lock them out. You can't keep the public out. You can't. And you had to to save their lives. But in doing so, that other part, that life on the inside was being effective. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Marcy. How can people reach out to you? How can they um, get in touch with you and take your course and, you know, connect further with you, have just another joyful conversation? Absolutely. (laughs) So anyone can, my email is ceocaregiver at gmail. That's the best way to reach me with a quickie question. Um, They can also go to my website, which is step1trainingsolutions.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today. I have loved talking with you. Oh my goodness. This was so much fun. It really was. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.